Time now for our series Boomtown about the impacts of the Bay Area's thriving economy. Today we head to Driver Plaza. It's a large traffic median at the Oakland Berkeley line. It's not much to look at, easy to ignore, but it is also a longtime gathering place in a historically African American neighborhood. And Driver Plaza illustrates in some ways how gentrification is changing the East Bay. Here's KQED's Andrew Stelzer. Okay. Okay, we're go- can I have a little silence so we can have a, just bless this food? Yes, ma'am. We're an old-fashioned prayer. Most of us all know it. Yes, ma'am. Francis Michelle Moore, known locally as Auntie Francis, is serving up a free hot meal to a couple dozen people. She's been doing this every week for the past five years. Amen. The crowd is mostly older black men, and most of them come here every Tuesday. Quite a few of these men come to Driver Plaza throughout the week. That's why Auntie Francis is here. It's always been a gathering point. You know, it's a mixture of people. Some people are homeless, some people are indoors, but we're all low income. So, hey, you got to eat. And what better way to, to show community at but by breaking bread. But when Auntie Francis isn't around, the scene can be a little different. How different? Well, that's a matter of who you ask. I pick up the garbage every day when I go out there, and I pick up. Uh, today there was uh, four pint bottles. I picked up some broken glass and things like that. Fiona Wilmot moved to the neighborhood a few months ago, part of a wave of new arrivals. Many came as the mortgage meltdown made homes more affordable in Oakland, especially compared to San Francisco's high prices. Wilmot lives only a few houses away from the plaza. I often see um, people drinking with open containers. After about an hour and a half, two hours, things get very loud. It may calm down, sometimes after dark, sometimes not. The city's Department of Public Works has received almost two dozen complaints about the plaza in the past year and a half. That doesn't include those handled by other departments. To address some of those issues, Auntie Francis and some supporters paid to have a porta potty installed here. But they didn't have a permit. In fact, there is no permit for a permanent portable toilet, says Joe DeVries, assistant to Oakland City Administrator. So the city forced its removal twice. Having not filled out a permit or gone through any of the right procedures, even for a temporary porta potty, You know, we kind of need to see that before we could even entertain something long-term. And based on the neighbors' concerns, I don't know that they would get it granted. We want the porta potty back! We want the porta potty back! In October, Auntie Francis and others protested outside City Hall. They've had meetings with city officials, but thus far, there are no plans for a temporary or permanent toilet. This is a losing thing. We're going to lose. For plaza regulars like Dwight Hill, the toilet isn't really the issue. It's about the continued existence of their longtime cultural space in a neighborhood that's dropped from 53% African American in 2000 to 36% in 2010. Why would anyone want a porta potty out in front of their apartment complex or their condo? Why would anyone want someone that ain't got a job, ain't generating no money, ain't contributing nothing to society, just hanging around? Why? And that's how a lot of people feel out here on Driver Plaza, that the newer, often non-black residents 
have a vision for the neighborhood that doesn't include them. Stuck somewhere in the middle is Nate Williams, director at Santa Fe Can, the local neighborhood association. It sometimes feels inevitable about gentrification, and there's always going to be tension between the newer and the older residents. Sometimes I think um, those issues are much bigger than we as residents or volunteers can handle. Williams would like to see the space improved for the whole community, with trees, benches, and tables. But when he looked into the possibilities, the permits, the legal requirements, he put those plans on hold. I took a walk with Williams out to Driver Plaza. Despite the rain, there were at least half a dozen men sitting on benches and rolling office chairs. I definitely recognize some as uh, Plaza regulars. Hey, guys. How you doing? What's your name? Kadar. Kadar, Nate. Nate. Very good to meet you. Kadar Akbar tells us that when he was in fifth grade, there were some barbecues and a play structure out here. Now he comes to learn from his elders. There's a lot of wisdom that is also here that you can't get in books, no matter, or, or on, you can't Google it because racism isn't just social, it's structural. So we don't have these things intact for us. And so this is one of the ways, unfortunately, that it's preserved is through the oratory things and them telling stories. A lot of people from Mississippi, they've gone through the 60s. Akbar says the city could at least install a water fountain to make it feel like a park. But even that would take a while to get permitted and built. Meanwhile, the porta potty is gone and the neighborhood continues to change. A three-bedroom home is listed for sale up the street for $700,000. I'm Andrew Stelzer, KQED News.